We saw this child here that was super, super excited about the present. But a moment later, he forgot yeah, about the present. It? And he moved on. Hey, we've had gifts before that we get super, super excited about. And then we forget about them. But guess what? The greatest gift of all, the Father has given us, God the Father, he's given us his son because of love. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, let's today receive this gift, the greatest gift of all. Let's receive it in our hearts. Let's think about it each and every day, not just Christmas time, but every single day. So this is what I want us to do right now, is believe this gift. Just close our eyes. Believe this gift. It's not just throw this gift aside, but let's believe this gift today. Let's believe it with our hearts. Today's the day to receive the gift, kids. Today's the day. And every day, let's act on it. Merry Christmas. Receive this gift freely today. Amen. What I want us to do is just, let's take a moment as a family you know, I was just thinking about this gift that has been given to us, and we have another one that wants to snatch this gift, and it's the enemy. In John 10.10, 10, it says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal this gift, he wants to kill this gift, and he wants to destroy it. But the other one that brings forth the gift wants to give us this gift and that it, to give life more abundantly. And so what I want us to do as a family is just all, let's just stay in the posture of receiving and let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this family. I thank you for the kids. I thank you for the parents, the grandparents. I ask, Father, that this would be the year that we fully embrace the gift. We thank you for the giver. Lord, we just think, we say no to just, as we went through difficult season of 2020, the, the, the accusers tried to destroy family destroy the giver and, and, and bring deception and lies. Lord, we don't want to receive those lies. We want to receive what you're saying and what you're doing. And so, Lord, we fully embrace your word. We fully embrace your love. We thank you for this gift that uh, it, it, it's, yeah, it just brings an impact into our lives. And so, Lord, we receive this gift today in Jesus' name. Amen. A few things. A few things uh, is... Hey, what does an elf drive? A Toyota. Get it? Toyota. And uh, how much was Santa's sleigh? Nothing. It was on the house. Come on. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> Another announcement. Sunday. It's not going to be like a, a regular service, but we want to encourage you to still be able to get, gather as a family. Uh, Pastor Ken's going to lead the service, and it, it's just going to be an amazing time. So I want to encourage you to come to that as well. And let's just really enjoy this time together. Amen.
And what I have right here is my beautiful wife. She's going to start us off with the amazing word. Hey, I'm, I'm really happy to be up here with you guys. I'm going to kick us off. Chad's going to close us up. But if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, your smartphones, we're going to do in Luke 2. You know, something we're all really familiar with, the Jesus story, right? But I, I have to be honest with you guys. Um, we're singing the songs, and what I'm 34, and I really mumble a lot of Christmas songs. I don't know all the words still. And you'd think, you know, after all this time that of loving Christmas, it rolls around every year. I sing the same songs they play over and over that I would have these words memorized, but I still, you know, I don't. Anybody like me, can you relate? You still mumble most of the words to many songs. And so, um, you know, actually, it was even just a couple years ago. It was two years ago, Chad and Jade. We're singing Gloria in Excelsis Deo. You guys know what song I'm talking about? I'm definitely not going to sing it for you. Gloria in Excelsis Deo. And I was like, Drew, what does that even mean? And he's like, I don't know. Go ask Nora. She speaks Spanish. <laughs> it's actually Latin. but <laughs> So, um, you know, similarly to the many songs we've heard in Christmas over and over, we hear the, we see the Christmas story over and over, and there's going to be many of us in here that are either over-familiarized with it, you know what I mean? We could set the whole stage for the manger and everything, and we could kind of recount the details, and then there's some of us that are actually like, you know what, the, the details of the story are kind of foggy. So, Wherever you find yourself on that spectrum of being either either over-familiar or the details are foggy, um, I have two goals in just this short speak, speaking with you guys. <laughs> One, I want to go into the historical context just a little bit. It's so important that we understand how incredible Jesus' birth was in the time that it was in. And then two, um, just a spiritual truth for us to walk away with. Um, just as a reflection, you know, of where we see ourselves in this story and what the Lord's highlighting tonight. So, um, in Luke chapter 2, it says, In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Okay, so if you didn't know, this is talking about Augustus Caesar. This was the emperor that changed the republic to an empire. Does it ring a bell? Anybody remember high school history, high school world history? Okay, um, this was really a, a remarkable time in history because before this, first off, know that this is Julius Caesar's uh, great nephew, but he adopted him as his son, okay? So... Uh, um, then it's plagued with civil war, turmoil, political turmoil, scandals like you wouldn't believe. I'm pretty sure all the shows get all of the scandals from this time period in Roman history, if you guys remember. And it was just a time where things were unsafe and people were, were wanting some sort of leadership to come from this really angry mob in place of, of Rome, right? Well, this guy stands in the place and says, Julius Caesar was a deity in of himself and I am now the son of God. That's who he claimed to be. And because he made himself emperor, which means exalted, imperator, or Augustus. Augustus means exalted, imperator. He put himself as peace on earth, the place of the emperor. He was the ruler, the king, the son of God. He was the ultimate emperor. And at this time, for him to call a registration, for to call the census, was basically saying, um, I mean, everybody obeyed. Here, this guy, you know, off in Rome, he gave the word out, people obeyed. So Joseph responds, all right? 
Um, you guys got to know, I wanted to say, poets wrote song about this new era that had begun, and historians talk about this time as the climax of the Roman Empire, um, and the climax with Augustus himself being in that position. And it says something important about the world Jesus was born into. It's a world hungry for a savior. It's a world that's living in the reign of a political, a political savior, which was Caesar Augustus, but clearly that wasn't enough. Clearly, if you read throughout history, it's gonna be war-torn, and right now at this point, they'd never heard of Jesus, and in 100 years, you know, they're gonna to try to obliterate Christians. And uh, here this baby is being born over in an insignificant place in an insignificant town, completely unannounced, um, you know, other than the angels in biblical and then what they revered to the shepherds, but nobody in Rome knows of this baby, right? And here, this is who is gonna eventually be peace on earth, the true son of God, the true savior of the world, right at the same time as Augustus Caesar. So back in verse four, it says, Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David called Bethlehem. Because he was descended from the house and family of David, he went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So I, I said it a little bit earlier, but you got to know that the way Luke records this account of the birth of Jesus, it's very um, undramatic. It's very um, just plain, simple, no hype, you know, where in a day, in this modern time where, you know, things get over-announced, over-hyped, over-played up, you know, things that are not that important. And this is, you know, the narrative that Luke is bringing it into. And it says... Uh, it's such an understated manner in which he presents it, right? So here's this young virgin, most likely gives birth by herself in a foreign place, so she's not even with her home, uh, no family, no friends, and in a place where it looks like there's no provision. And then who knows what was happening at home, right? She was what, somewhere between 14 and 17 years old. She was pregnant out of wedlock. So who knows what she was enduring from the social stigma around her. So who knows who would have been there to support her. But all she had was the promise she was carrying and her part to play in it. It was her obedience. And she's carrying it out. She was judged. She was misunderstood. Uh, the details surrounding her birth was ordinary, and it looked as if there was no provision. This one really gets me. It's like here, you know, the Lord gives us a promise. He gives us a word. He calls us to obedience, and then we end up in a place that looks like it has no room for us. Like, wasn't there supposed to be a place for me? And, you know, N.T. Wright, a, uh, what would you call him, Chad? A, a New Testament scholar, thank you puts on that, you know, we have the barn. So where did the barn come from, right? Where are the animals and all that? They, it's apparently, it's actually kind of a two-story place where the inn would be where people sleep upstairs, but because there's no room, there was a place downstairs where they parked their animals, right? And so it's really odd. Just this morning, um, so I have 17 chickens. Well, I had 17 chickens. I had 18, but the rooster just died last week. But uh, 17, and I... <laughs> 
Uh, as you, some of you know, it's my first year teaching high school history, and I've been so busy, we can't take manage them anymore. So uh, some of you have met Conrad and Nat. Conrad, I teach history with him at PV. Uh, awesome guy. They're attending our church now. They're involved in youth with us. Love them. Well, they decided to come get our chickens and give it to their grandparents. Anyway, I was running around in my coop this morning thinking it was a good idea to wear white Nikes. And I was a little bit, if I'm honest, a little embarrassed. I'm like, oh gosh. I don't know if you guys have been in a chicken coop, but you know, when there's like a, an eight foot cubic space for chickens, 17 chickens to run around, okay, it is a mess. And did I mention that I've been too busy to care for them properly? <laughs> So I'm running around trying to chase the chickens to gather them into a little thing for Conrad to come pick up and take. He gets in the mess with me. And I'm kind of like, like, this is my coworker. Like, he's my buddy. He's my friend. He's a brother now. But that was a little bit embarrassing. And I was like, man, Conrad, you're family now. Like, you see the mess of stuff. Guys, a whole new perspective. Here I am about to teach on this. And I think about the animal traces left behind in this place where our king was born. You know, how unfitting. I, I, I was a little, like, just a little shy about my coworker marching in there with me, you know, chasing the chickens. But how much more our king delivered in this place, right? Such a, a plain, boring, average, mundane. Please hear me. It's so important that it's in the overlooked, the misunderstood, the, what no one cares about. Guys, it's in a foreign place, so there's travelers going in and out. There's kids running around. And here the king of the world is born in a place. Right? And place in a feeding trough. Um, Chad, you want to head up here? Uh, basically, what I wanted to really take away with us, the spiritual truth for us today, would be along the lines of is what is in our life right now that looks like we're carrying out obedience, but it looks boring, it looks plain, it looks simple, it's misunderstood, no one sees it, it's unannounced. What is it that we're enduring? You know, I want us to reflect. What, where can we find ourselves like Mary? Where can we find ourselves in this story, you know, of the plain, of the simple? And realize there might be some stuff in our life that actually is unnecessarily in our life, and it's plain and simple and boring and mundane. There might be some things we're giving attention to that should not have our attention. But if the things we're pouring into are Jesus-centered, are Christ-centered, that's true glory. That's true peace on earth. That's true joy. That's true love. And it's going to flood and it's going to bring about which, you know, ultimately a, a change that's going to evoke something like the Roman Empire trying to obliterate in 100 years, right? It's going to, and, and what, whatever that Roman Empire, whatever that thing, that, that big thing in our lives are for us currently that we're trying to challenge, that we're trying to face, it's, it's a war when it's in, in motion. You guys follow me? I'm going to pass it off to Chad. Praise, Praise the Lord, the Lord man. man. The, the teacher. teacher. Everyone say thank you to, to Katie for setting us up. She could have brought us home if she wanted to. But let's continue in the story. So God meets us in the mundane. The poop and the chicken coop. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's where the king was born. There's probably worse than chicken poo in the, in the place where our Savior laid his head. And so Christ was born. And as Katie highlighted for us, 
if you just read the story at face value, you'd be completely underwhelmed. But why I love this first part of the passage is while our culture is looking for the next selfie-worthy, you know, mountaintop, pinnacle moment, our God meets us in the everyday, ordinary messiness of life. And it says this, let's finish this passage in verse 8. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields. Say living in the fields. Okay, so Jesus, born in a trough, laid in a manger, now we're hanging out with people who live in the field. Come on. They keep watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And I want you to know that in a year like 2020, where so many of us, our vocation or our understanding of our vocation or our calling was somehow shifted. Who experienced a shift in your workplace this year uh, because of COVID? A shift in your relationships, maybe a shift in how you could even visit maybe some, some in your family or your friends who are in a more at-risk population. Am I talking to anybody today? And you feel like you've been out in the field and, and, and I just wanna, I wanna perk our, 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 our spiritual palate that what if God in the midst of a year like 2020 wants to show us something of his glory, even just in the mundane faithfulness of tending the field that God has put you in. They're just in the field. They live in the field. They probably stink like the field. And the glory of God shows up. Come on, how many want God's glory to show up in the stinkiness of your everyday, ordinary life? They're freaked out. They're terrified, it says in the Bible. But the angel said to them, the number one phrase found in the scripture, do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Just as our sister Katie showed that Luke writes about the important guy, Caesar, far off in Rome, calling a census so as to bolster his pride of the, the links to which his dynamic power and rule overtakes and overshadows all of the known earth. And way, 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 way off in obscurity, the true king of the world is born. No one would have written a story like this in the same way if the greatest news that causes the most deep lasting joy and it's for all people is taking place on the earth. No one in any PR, HR department says, hmm, let's pick shepherds to be the first ones to announce the big news. Like they're not sitting in a boardroom with a whiteboard and thinking, okay, who's like the celebrity? Who's got like 2 million plus followers on Instagram? Who's the influencers? How can we send them to this important place to take the selfie at the manger of Jesus so that the word gets out? Come on, somebody. Instead, it's shepherds who are the equivalent of sailors. They're stinky. They're, 
Okay, like when they come to town, everyone kind of makes space. You know, you're like walking down the street, and you're like, okay, those guys stink. Am I talking to anybody? Are you sitting by anyone like that? Don't answer. If news of this, of these cosmic shaping implications, if you're the author of the story, you're looking for the rich, the powerful, the good-looking, the elegant, the eloquent, those are the ones you want to send to be the first ones to view the king being born, but not God and how he writes his stories. It wasn't the glitzy or the glamorous or the influential or the cultural gatekeepers. It was ordinary shepherds just minding their own business, putting their hand to their own plow, taking care of their own flock. And in the midst of that, God's like, these are the perfect candidates to have a front row seat to the king of the only everlasting unending kingdom. And so the shepherds go and they're told three things. Say this with me. Good news. You can do better than that. Good news. Great joy for all people. And I'm so thankful that if it's the shepherds that you might say are really, really close to the bottom socially, culturally, if the shepherds get a front row ticket, all access pass to the side of the manger of the king of all kings, if the lowest are invited into such glory, then what about you and me? <laughs> if the shepherds get to come close and to the king and, 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 and the king, because he doesn't know any better, he's just a little baby at this point, but he, he's not put off by their stench. Come on, someone say it. He's not put off by my stench. He's not impressed by my pedigree. He loves if I have a nice education or this or that. But it's none of those things that qualify me to draw near to his glory and his presence. And so the shepherds come. And in their coming to the king, prophetically, they've made space for all of us, wherever you're at, on the pecking order of culture, of social standing, whatever your pedigree, whatever your bottom line, whatever your social economic bracket, because the shepherds are invited into glory, you and I can follow in their wake to behold the king. Good news. It's the good news that our God has come to us to save us. It's the good news that there was nothing, there was no mountain we could scale, no river we could cross, no ocean we could span to get to God in our brokenness, in our poopy chicken coop. And so God came to us, and that's the good news. If you've heard a version of Christianity that says you need to do this, this, or that, you need to memorize these 50 oracles or precepts, you need to be this good, you need to get this much in order with your life, that's not good news, that's bad news. The good news is that our God didn't wait for us to get to him, he came to us in our mess, in our bondage, in our barrenness, in our brokenness, and that's why it's good news. This good news, when we respond to it, produces great joy. Say great joy. Joy not dependent upon circumstance, not dependent upon your season, come on, not dependent upon your situation. How many know if your joy is predicated on those things, your joy is a perpetual moving target? But if your joy is anchored in a person who is unshakable, who is unchanging, 
who is full of love and life and light and compassion and kindness and humility and mercy and healing, if your joy is attached to him, any day can be a good day. Any day can be a day where it's full of great joy. Where joy gets taken off the, the sliding scale of accomplishments, of accolades, of approval and applause. And joy gets put into the hands of the one who says, you are so valuable to me that I sent my son to win you back. My son who would give his life the good news so that you could have great joy. Your life can be put back together through the love and power of Jesus Christ. And who is this for? Last part, for all people. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's for you. If you're watching online, turn to your neighbor, wherever you're watching, and say, it's for you. This good news that causes great joy. You'll find him in a manger. Come on, where were the shepherds? Where were they going to find Jesus? You'll find him. In a manger. Now answer me this. Do you think shepherds may have been familiar with the mechanism of a manger or the object of a manger, a feeding trough for animals? The beautiful thing about God is this. Listen to me. He knows how to speak your language. Come on, if you're an outdoorsy person, guess what? You just might find something of God's beauty on your next hike. If you're an intellectual, watch out on your next reading binge. You might find God in the beauty of his wisdom and his life weaving through, yes, even anything, because all truth is God's truth. He owns it. True truth anchored in him. What I love, God telling shepherds to find the king in the manger is that they would have understood that. And I'm so confident today, those in this room or those watching online, God knows how to locate you. He knows how to speak your language. The word didn't stay on a paper. It became flesh so that flesh can relate to flesh in whatever shape or size or variation. That's good right there. He became one of us so that he could communicate to all of us how much we are loved, how much we are wanted and desired. <sighs> Suddenly, we're almost done, verse 13. There was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace upon those on whom his favor rests. And here, the stinky shepherds who are shunned by their contemporaries, by their comrades, by the, their community, they get to see the thin veil. And by the way, it is a thin veil between the eternal, the heavenly realm, and this earthly realm. Lift your eyes up, friends. And these shepherds get to see that veil torn, and they get to see the reality that's going on in the heavenly places. There is no confusion about whose the glory belongs to in that space and place. Down here, it's up for grabs, and it's a moving scale. If you're woke, if you're in with this, and you, 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 know, you have this bent or that bent, but up there, it's glory to God in the highest. There is no confusion of who is at the center of attention and peace upon whom his favor rests. 
who would take some of that favor and that peace this evening? They're praising and they're proclaiming. When the angels had left them and gone back into heaven and the veil is closed, the shepherds said to one another, I think we should go to Bethlehem. <laughs> Let's see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, so they went in haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made it known what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it, everyone say, all who heard it, were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The humble shepherds become the first heralds of the king's arrival. Man, how many believe tonight that we are experts at writing ourselves off or out of God's story that he's trying to write on the earth today? We bring all the things that we would consider disqualifiers, our past, our bad decisions, our bad choices, the deficiencies in our personalities or our quirkiness, and we bring all of these and we say, God, there's no way. There's no way I could be in your story and God's like, I, uh, by the way, just so you'll never have to question that again, I'm choosing shepherds to be my first heralds and announcers of my arrival. What does that mean? You've got a place in the story. Say that, I've got a place in the story. I've got a place of the story. I've got a place in the story of King Jesus. And in one dynamic move, the famine of hearing the word of God, Amos 8, God sends his greatest message wrapped up in his little baby boy, Jesus Christ. The famine of, of not knowing the word, the famine of, of not knowing how to solve humanity's great problem, the, the famine of, of, of doing good one day, bad 10 days, the famine of endless striving, endless searching, only to be more hungry, more thirsty, and more desiring, because it's never enough. All of this famine, God sends his word, and in an instant, he's provided bread for all of humanity. The word is here, and the word became flesh. And his flesh, which symbolizes his life, would become bread for all humanity. Mary treasured these words and pondered them, and what's a little teenager gonna do with what was just shared? And she pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, in closing, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and all that they had seen. I wanna just invite the band to come back up. And I want you in this room or those watching online, would you just bow your head? Sometimes there's nothing magical about closing your eyes or bowing your head, but. Sometimes it's helpful to just quiet your heart. And I just have this phrase I wrote down, open up and let his light in. Just let the light of Jesus come 
and fill up your heart. Just have a posture of readiness. Have a posture of, God, come to me. I want your, all that we just read in the great Christmas narrative. I, I want your peace. I want your favor to rest upon me. I, I want good news and great joy. If it's for all people, then that includes me. And Lord, I pray right now that you would open blinded eyes. I pray right now that those minds that have been in, in a perpetual fog of confusion, that right now in Jesus' name, you'd bring clarity of thought. I pray for hearts and emotional uh, realities that have been chaotic and confused. I pray for a moment of soundness that your word could be deposited in an instant. God, for those in this room who are just hungry, both literally and spiritually, Lord, I pray that you would give them right now, Father, the fresh bread of your son's provision and peace and power in Jesus' name. I pray that the bread right now would nourish us all the way down. And then, Father, I pray tonight, those that need healing. In fact, I'm just gonna make this end right here. If you need God to touch your life tonight, spiritually, physically, emotionally, or in a relationship, would you just stand and I just wanna pray a blessing with you. Is that anyone here tonight? Or is everybody whole and holy? Okay, that's, you know, if you need a touch, you just say, I want Jesus to heal, to touch something in my life that is broken. And just put your hand over your heart. Just not that he doesn't know where to find it, but just locate the landing strip for him. And just say, Jesus, make me whole on the inside and let what you do in me trickle out to every part of my life. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. Open up and let the light in. Let his love wash over you. Let his peace and his presence fill you up to overflowing tonight. Let him meet you and surprise you even in the familiarity with something fresh, something new. I love it that even though the shepherds got the glory, got the vision, they had to go to Bethlehem. They had to go to the house of the Lord, the house of the King. And tonight, I, I just wanna encourage you with no coercion, God sees the movement of your heart. And how many tonight would say, Chatty, I wanna move toward him by his grace and by his spirit today. I wanna move toward Jesus. I wanna walk with him. I wanna behold him tonight in Jesus' name. We all said amen and amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Why don't you grab a candle? We're gonna sing Silent Night. This is a beautiful picture of like the shepherds who go out sharing the glory of God. What would happen if all of us go share the good news of great joy with others?
tonight for this powerful symbol when it feels that all is dark there is a light inside of us and that light is Jesus Father would we like those shepherds be overwhelmed with the sense of your love tonight be overwhelmed with the sense of the good news that when we couldn't get to you you came to us the great joy that's anchored in you, who you are, what you've done, what you've promised, and what you'll do. 
Father, right now in this room, I pray for peace to roll like a mighty river. As we think about 2020 coming to a close, Lord, would you just bring your healing love, your peace to every heart, to every mind, to every family represented here, to every relationship. We just give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for this reminder that no matter how great the darkness feels, all you need is a little light. Sing this with me, just the voices. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ. The Lord. For you alone are worthy. For you alone are of God, the greatness of God. We love you. Hey, Merry Christmas. Can you just turn to those next? You say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Be careful as you blow out the candles. We bless you. We love you. If you need prayer or want someone to talk to, come up front. If not, make sure you take your Christmas selfie out in the lobby. We love you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.